Hi everybody, welcome to Rachel's Reviews and today we are doing something kind of unique for my channel. I'm usually more on the positive side of things, but I really wanted to talk about Pinocchio 2020, 2022 and break it down. And <laughs> I have a very special guest with me today. I have lots of folks here and thank you so much for coming on. He's the host of the Fans About Films podcast. And when I reached out on Twitter about who would want to talk about this disaster of a movie, Pinocchio 2022, you jumped at the chance. So thank you so much. No problem at all. Uh, really glad to be here. Thank you. Yes. Well, is this your first time on the podcast? So why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, sure. I am a copywriter and podcaster and filmmaker and uh, YouTuber from Germany. Uh, good old Germany, uh, not that far away from Italy, where this movie supposedly takes place <laughs> in. <laughs> I host yeah. uh, many podcasts and also have a blog and do a lot of stuff. I will plug all of that later. But yeah, that's uh, basically me. And uh, I also like your show a lot. And I was really surprised that you were ready to talk some negativity because I know <laughs> you are <laughs> usually uh, quite the positive spirit. Yeah, well, they, we'll talk overall about our feelings of these live-action remakes. I I'm, in general, haven't been that big a fan. But I watched this movie, and I found myself trying to convince myself that it's not one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I I found <laughs> almost no redeeming value to it. And I don't know, I, I disliked it so much that I felt the need to like process it with somebody. So thank you. We're, we're oh doing yeah, no problem me. at all. Uh, <laughs> that that seems to be my thing now. Uh, being a guest on a different podcast, talking about uh, Disney live action remakes, because <laughs> oh. I did the same thing with the Lion King on the Film Brain podcast. Shout out to oh, nice. Matthew Buck here. <laughs> yeah. So how? I guess we should just dive in uh, these live action remakes. How? How in general have you felt about them? Uh, not very well. <laughs> 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 the, the thing is that uh, pretty much all of them are unnecessary, uh, yeah. especially now when the online animation fan community is so big and, uh, you know, defends animation for what it is, which is a very great medium mm -hmm. to tell stories. So feeling the need to retell them in live action where you have much less uh, possibilities to do something mm -hmm. magical because when you do want to do something magical nowadays, you still have to use animation, just a different kind. So it, it's really absolutely unnecessary. Now, sometimes a remake can have qualities when you take something that's not very good originally and kind of try to uh, improve upon it or mm -hmm. you do a different spin with it, kind of what they did with Maleficent, which I found was, you know, an interesting approach. It didn't fully work, yeah. but it at least wasn't the same movie, just uh, with less imagination <laughs> yeah i hated uh. maleficent when it first came out i in the years since then i have i guess compared to some of these other ones it does seem like not as bad um, i actually kind of liked the maleficent sequel because oh, no, at least it was I... it was so weird it was just such a strange movie that i kind of admired it on that level no, I, I that one I really kind of despised, as, as, <laughs> especially when it turns into straight up fairy tale Holocaust imagery at the end. It was I was kind so of like, weird. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. I really know. But yeah, it, you can appreciate certainly the weirdness and also the fact that yeah. they 
basically do a wedding a few minutes after they were murdering each other <laughs> in the same environment. <laughs> yeah, it's just bonkers. And so I did appreciate it kind of on that. I didn't get fresh on it, but I I did kind of appreciate it. Uh, for I was close. I was right on the edge for me on that one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think that's why what you're saying about taking a flawed film and making it better i uh, i think that's why peach dragon is like unequivocally the best of these remakes because it took a film that i don't think is that good the original peach dragon is just so weird with with the um with those people having a bill of sale they purchased pete and like i i don't know it's just a weird movie they want to turn pete into tonic and <laughs> I haven't. I've never seen the original, but I've oh, seen. I, I I know it from a trailer I had on a VHS cassette, and we and in the only in the trailer they only showed footage of the animated monster, which is kind of false advertising. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, the, the remake is is a really good movie, and the special thing about it is that it is completely different. It, it takes the thing. Yeah. Hey, there's this uh, monster in the woods, and then you know. Dusk's mm-hmm. are completely different with it, and that's what makes it work so much. And yeah, I of mean, course, the, that one flopped. <laughs> the uh, the Gogans are the Hick family that own Pete. Literally, they have a bill of sale that they produce multiple times throughout the uh, throughout the movie. And I'm just kind of like, this is so weird. You can't own a person, like what? <laughs> Um, but it does have candle in the water, which is a very good song. And the animation is, is, uh, seamless. They do a very good job in the original, but I don't know. I just, uh, the whole, that they're going to take this dragon and turn it into tonic is very bizarre. And (laughs) so this new one, I just think is much better. It is pretty somber, but I prefer it over, whatever the original is. Oh, yes. It's interesting for kids and adults. Kids can watch it, even though it is a more mature movie in a way, but it doesn't have anything that inappropriate in it or scary. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. parents can appreciate, you know, the, the, the psychological and dramatic angle, and also the, the actors mm-hmm. who all do a very good job. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of, like, the Black Stallion or Old Yeller, or those kinds of yes. uh, childhood live action films that you know you we used to get more of yeah they were on the more on the somber side homeward bound vibe in a way sometimes like both Mm -hmm. those kinds of movies yeah yeah yeah, certainly but yeah that's that's a that's a um that's a good example of a remake you know being justified because they just take a totally different approach I also think the Cinderella was pretty good because I think with Cinderella, like there have been so many versions over the years were not as specifically tied to the Disney version, to the animated classic, at least I'm not. And, uh, and so I can kind of just take it as another Cinderella movie, you know, that we get every yeah. like two years, we get a new Cinderella movie. Um, I get and that. yeah, whether it's like ever after or, um, uh, we just got one last year that what you know that wasn't particularly good, but it seems like we get <laughs> the James Corden one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this you know, Slipper in the Rose is so fun. The Glass Slipper with Leslie Crone. There's there's so many versions of Cinderella. Oh yeah, you also I can had... kind of take a new one in stride. 
Yeah, you also had the um, Cinderella story in Into the Woods, also with James Corden. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's also the whole uh, series with that started with Hilary Duff, you know, that there's like, there's now been like four or five of them. Oh, uh, okay. Another Cinderella story. Yeah, Cinderella yeah, story. I, I think I'm... That are fun. I mean, it's just, it, I feel like Cinderella is kind of a hard story to get wrong. I mean, even though I guess I'm just said this last one wasn't very good, but um, it's, it's got some pretty basic elements that I think just, uh, we, we like underdogs, you know, as, oh, a, yeah. as a society. And so it's just a, a likable story that, that makes her very easy to root for. Uh, and I just don't think we're as tied or I'm not as tied at least to the 1950 classic um, is and, and they, I think they did a pretty good job of like paying an homage to that classic film without like copying it or um, you know, they, they did enough sort of their own, I think of that Cinderella to make it like, you know, it could stand on its own. So I think those two are by far the best oh, of yeah. The, the live action remakes there's and, a um a cinderella version from um from the uh, czechoslovakia um and east east german production from the 70s uh, oh. which which is very very beloved in germany like they show it every year around christmas time and that one uh, takes the story and kind of expands on several aspects of it in, in a very nice way cool yeah that sounds good yeah i I, I can understand, I mean, of course, why Disney keeps doing these remakes because they they make so much money and it, we kind of forget that Disney, for the most part, the last 20 years, maybe longer, have been huge failures in their live action movie department, uh, aside from these live action remakes. Um, they Aside from the Pirates movies... Uh, they have not been able to successfully uh, start a franchise, uh, a live action franchise, and they have tried a lot uh, and had just one disappointment and failure after another, oh, yeah. uh, which is really interesting. I mean, you think all of the um, the the talk, all the the brain power over there at Disney that they could come up with one successful live action franchise aside from pirates, but they've tried with, I mean, everything from Lone Ranger to John Carter to Winkle and Time to Artemis Fowl to, uh, I mean, the list of live action bombs, Prince of Persia, um, Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. Yeah. That's another one. Uh, there's a lot, uh, they have not, uh, even recently with jungle cruise. I mean, that movie should have been, I thought it was okay, passable. Mm. It should have been great. It had all the pieces to be great, and it wasn't great. That's uh, the problem. Like when when that movie came out, as it was, uh, and the pirates movies weren't a thing. I think that movie would have been a lot more successful and had a lot more novelty. Because uh, watching mm-hmm. it now, we are just constantly comparing it to pirates. I mean, they, they even added mm-hmm. the, the supernatural curse element to it, which just emphasizes yeah, it the got similarities so more bogged down in exposition in the middle like it had like it had enough fun moments particularly in the mm-hmm. beginning and the end for and enough chemistry for me to recommend it yes. but ooh, man that middle section was rough i thought 
I mean, nowadays, the, the only live-action thing which uh, keeps Disney afloat is the Marvel stuff, which is uh, yeah. the, the big, you know, the big franchise, but they're also sharing that with other people that wasn't mm -hmm. um, exactly theirs originally. I read somewhere that the first Avengers movie made all the money that John Carter lost. Think yeah, about I mean, that. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like, yeah, if you if you think about just the live-action film department not star wars not not marvel they have had just bomb after bomb after bomb which yeah. is kind of i i think we kind of forget that and so it makes sense why they're like well of course we're going to keep making these remakes because they're the only thing making money of these in our live action department but yeah but do i think they decrease in terms of how much money they make uh, mm -hmm. at least during the, like the last few years i mean yeah lion king well i mean it's hard because now they're just going straight to disney plus but yeah uh, <laughs> uh, but uh but yeah i mean that lion king made uh, you know over a billion dollars and that's the thing too is that i feel like these live action remakes they make a lot of money and then they are just instantly forgotten there is oh. not even just forgotten by the by the audience that watches it but by disney itself like when <laughs> you uh when you go to uh to get say a lion king plush or a you know a uh sleeping beauty plush, you're not getting the the live action films you're yeah. getting the animated classic i mean when you go out to to see the characters in Disneyland, uh, you're not meeting the live action versions, you're meeting the animated versions. I mean, they collectively as a company immediately forget the the live action versions as well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We kind of talked about some of these aspects in the um in the film brain podcast a few years back when we talked about the Lion King and I I try not to repeat uh mm -hmm. ourselves. But the the thing why they are making these movies all all that stuff I mean yeah of course like brand expansion and and easy money blah 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 but the thing is they are making those movies for people who remember those films yeah but, but it's like why you know it, it it's yeah. kind of like, like kids don't have any relation to this old stuff and also kids yeah. can watch some of these older movies and probably still mm -hmm. get something out of those. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they'll claim, oh, this, these are, it's a retelling for a new generation. No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. Uh, that's why if, if it was truly a retelling for a new generation, then you would see them, them putting out, you know, dolls and toys and other things like that, but they don't. They, the, the characters in the parks, those are almost exclusively still the, the animated films. And so, yeah, they they know that these are not for kids because kids would want the the uh, if they're supposed to be made for kids and they would want the live action versions of the toys and things like that. But no, they don't. And it, these are for adults who have been trained by Disney to uh, to believe that there is something better about uh, live action over animation and the animation was for when they were kids and now we're giving you the live action version of this animated classic and and 
you know, people say, oh, well, you know, remakes, we still have the original. It doesn't hurt anything. I, I don't buy that because, because they are hurting the overall uh, legacy of animation mm-hmm. and the way that people process animation, the way they think about animation. And uh, there's now this definite feel that turning something into live action is an upgrade is uh you're you're doing something you're making it better and that just makes me really sad oh it, it's incredibly sad and also very cynical and it's very weird that mm-hmm. disney is belittling animation you know the, the yeah. stuff that made them what they are mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'll never forget when they had that ad for um, beauty and the beast 2017 and write in big bold letters better than the original i just <laughs> Couldn't believe that they did like that. Some, this is some their Oscar-nominated film. Uh, yeah, they have, yeah, right. The first animated movie yeah. nominated for Best Picture, like better than the original. Give me a break. How, how can uh, you even? How can <laughs> you even top that? You know, it's it's just yeah. It, it, that, that especially hurts because Beauty and the Beast might be my favorite little classic Same. Disney musical of all Same. time. And Same. oh yeah, and and uh, yeah. watching that, I actually I actually watched it in New York when we were there. When my father worked there in 2017, and I watched it with my mother and one of my brothers. And me and my mother, we talked like for two hours afterwards how much we hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did a whole on uh, Beauty and the Beast 2017. I did a whole rant video that was uh, almost an hour long. It called it my nitpicky <laughs> thoughts about Beauty and the Beast 2017. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, but are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to Family Movie Night, female film critics panels, or the Talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's, where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast. Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. But it's interesting with this Pinocchio movie, I guess to get to the, the subject at hand, because I'm actually not like a huge fangirl of the original. I really respect it. I admire it. I, I, I'm in awe of it. I, and I've grown to appreciate it more as an adult. It was, it was pretty scary for me as a kid. Uh, And, uh, and so I've never been one that just like loves it, even though I, like, again, I, I really admire it. Um, And so if there was one that I, I thought, okay, I might be amenable to a new telling a new take, and we'll see uh, with, um, uh, with Guillermo del Toro coming later this year, uh, if, if that kind of wins me over. Uh, But I thought this might have more of a chance of, of kind of, I certainly didn't expect it to be my least favorite of any of them going into it. <laughs> it's I quite really an accomplishment. Did. Yes. And I just I just hated this movie. I thought it was absolutely atrocious in every I I struggled to come up with one thing that I liked about it and it was only the you know Cynthia Revo's a great singer so I thought her her version of when you wish upon a star was beautiful 
because uh, she's a good singer. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I like I, that. I have to say some things about that too. But but my thing with the original <laughs> is that I, I didn't grow up with it and I only recently mm-hmm. watched it for a very first time. Okay. Because it was on Disney Plus and I was like, okay, now I can finally see it. And it's a perfectly fine film. You know, it's it certainly isn't as sadistic as the book, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's it's very simple, very strange in places and quite mean too. But hey, that's that's mm-hmm. the point of a story. You know, everything turns yeah. out happy at the end. And that's what matters most. And it's also quite ambitious when you think about the fact that it's only Disney's second feature film. Like you can tell that they must have went over budget. Oh. It's full of energy yeah. and the water stuff in the finale is hugely impressive oh. and so I, I rewatched it after i watched the remake uh, to, to kind of uh, familiarize myself with the uh, differences and all of that the few there are and um it's yeah it's 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 a it's a nice film but it's it's mm-hmm. certainly not one of my favorites from disney like uh, even like from their catalog back in the day i like uh snow white more but yeah oh yeah yeah i mean it's so interesting because they could have easily just become a fairy tale story story company and there's aspects of pinocchio that are fairy tale ish but i do so admire disney that he didn't just with the success of snow white then produce a bunch of snow whites he copycats like he could have and and they they had in production uh ideas for for uh an alice in wonderland for a um for a uh snow queen uh some of his other things that uh that eventually of course got made years later but um uh, peter pan was always kind of in the works talking uh, talking about that uh but uh the, you know that they would have their second picture be pinocchio and then fantasia uh, i i think just shows kind of what a bold filmmaker he he really was and <laughs> uh, i i don't know if he's necessarily given credits for just how big of a risk taker he was how bold he was he, he certainly um put the animators uh through the ringer in a way with uh, yeah. this one like he really wanted to make sure um uh, be, be extra hard you know no um no mistakes or anything and so when you mm-hmm. go through the movie nowadays there are very few things you can point at and oh this is kind of like an animation flop or whatever because um he was really adamant that they worked extra hard on it and Mm -hmm. i think bambi was supposed to be the second feature and that one got delayed because um he they they, they were struggling with how to tell the story yeah it ended up being the fifth Mm -hmm. right yeah the fifth feature uh yeah i it's real i mean the animation is absolutely outstanding in the original pinocchio uh the I, i think the the a monstro sequence has yet to be topped as far oh, as yeah, yeah. pure animation. That water stuff, yeah. Stunning. Like, like I said, very, very scary, very impressive. Um, did you know that this remake was apparently originally supposed to be directed by Paul King? Oh, I, you know what? Now that you say that, I feel like I remember hearing that. I mean, I guess, yeah, we should talk about Robert Zemeckis a little bit <laughs> because... So <laughs> he had so many impressive movies in the eighties and nineties, you know, everything from your, you know, your, your, uh, Forrest Gump's to your, uh, death becomes her to Roger Rabbit to, uh, to of course, back to the future. Uh, so many really great films. And then, 
And then when was Beowulf? Like in the 2000s, he, he just got super excited about motion capture. Yeah, 2006 or seven, <laughs> and Polar Express was before that. Yeah. Um, oh, was that before that? Place. I was thinking Beowulf yeah, was the Polar first. Yeah, Express but... was the first one. Okay. And I, 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 I actually, I guess I'm, I'm not as hard on these motion capture films as some people are. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, I, I like, I find value in them. I, yeah. I, I don't hate them. I admire um, them to a certain extent. Yeah. I like the, um, uh, I'm a big Christmas Carol junkie. Uh, <laughs> and um, I actually really, I like his, his Christmas Carol because it's, it's the version that is the closest to the book. It is very close and they include scenes that almost no version includes, including the lighthouse scene and, and flying over the church on, on uh, Sunday morning and mm-hmm. things like that, that, that no version has. So I, I appreciate it on that, on that level, but I, I know uh, it's, it, it, it can be really, I mean, Mars need moms is absolutely atrocious. That's yeah. one that I can't defend. <laughs> I mean, that, that wasn't, that wasn't his movie. He produced it through his company. Yeah. But, the image movers um but yeah that one that one is bad and and think about it you know so much of robert Zemeckis's career uh, was made up of him constantly trying to advance special effects and then he makes something like this mm-hmm. and also whose brilliant idea was it to say hey Zemeckis made those creepy uncanny valley motion capture movies he will be but he will be the perfect man for a film about a wooden puppet yeah bizarre like what were they thinking i i i mean he he just and he just had had a remake uh with uh witches that wasn't <laughs> successful uh yeah so. I, I i saw that in the press screening yeah i mean let's just talk about the animation first and uh, this movie looks absolutely terrible i hated it the the uh the washed out lighting (laughs) in every scene you'd think they were in heaven or something like that it's like that you know like when harry potter goes to heaven and it's all like oh yeah 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 certainly all the all the outdoor (laughs) scenes it looked terrible i was shocked at how bad it looked it's it's so strange i mean um uh wait let, let me let me think here for a second it's <laughs> um oh yeah it, it, i have i have to ask uh, uh are people allowed to swear on this podcast <laughs> i i usually try to avoid it but <laughs> it's i see okay cool good so, no. so i okay great so I, I i prepared for it but i have to but i i have to talk about the lighting in a certain scene and it maybe uh-huh. maybe I, I need to let out some steam because there is this <laughs> musical number um on the um on the donkey wagon uh, which they added uh, which uh-huh. is the Luke Evans musical number who i i didn't realize that, that was Luke Evans for the longest time <laughs> so so i was like okay but um that um that mu that musical number on the carriage i couldn't see shit yeah like, like it, no. it's so incredibly dark there's literally no light and then he he does some like complicated dancing on the donkeys and on the wagon i was like you know let me see that yeah no it, you're absolutely correct like it's either like completely washed out bright or like so murky you can't see yeah it's so mm-hmm. crazy. And also, like, I mean, the, the lighting in the um, toy shop is a little bit 
it's a little bit more atmospheric in, in the way how it's like lit by candles and all of it. But but the toy shop, I have another problem with that one. Because the toy mm-hmm. shop, which we spent, you know, the first chunk of the movie in, um, it doesn't feel like a real place. And and I know and I don't know, maybe you had this feeling too. It feels like they walked into some sort of presentation room at Disney World where they rebuilt the cartoon set for people yeah. to walk around in and look at. But this looks like they filmed it in between tourist groups walking by. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I mean, I was at uh, Mickey's, uh, I went on Mickey's Philharmonic uh, at Disneyland this last uh, trip, and uh, that's not a great looking film, but it's like a nice break for when you need some air conditioning and it's like five minutes, so you're fine. But it looked better than this. <laughs> It's it's so yeah it's so strange and also how how it's always filmed from like certain angles where you where you almost expect like there's this non-existent fourth wall and yeah speaking of because there literally is no fourth wall because Jiminy Cricket keeps breaking it constantly. Yes, yeah. I mean, so the character designs. Uh, speaking of the animation, the character designs. I hated all the character designs. It looked. Like, I've never played the Kingdom Hearts game. It's oh. a Disney video game. But to me, every single character looked like it was from Kingdom Hearts to me. Yes. That's very good comparison. And I mean, with Kingdom Hearts, you know, you have the excuse that, yeah, it's it's a video game and all of that. And and they, they, they change looks uh, depending on uh, what world they go to, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's uh, to the point where when they go to like the, the, the third Pirates movie, basically, um, in one of the newer games, it kind of looks like the Robert Zemeckis motion capture movies because they try mm-hmm. their best to make those characters look realistic within the game. Yeah, uh, I mean, but, I think that, uh, frankly, I think Once Upon a Time looked that the special effects are kind of hokey. And so they're sort of more fun in Once Upon a Time. But that's like a TV budget, not a feature yeah. film directed by Robert Zemeckis budget. Um, so, you're, you know, you're kind of more forgiving because... Uh, and but I would take those kinds of more hokey special effects over anything in this any day, and and the anytime the uh, with Tom Hanks, uh, his I thought his performance was terrible, uh, but anytime he's interacting with the characters, it looks terrible. Like why couldn't you have him with a wooden puppet? It's supposed to be live action. Have him with a puppet. Um, or at least have him with a real cat. Why is he with a fake cat? It looks because, so bad. And, yeah, and because everything never... needs to look exactly like the original, which defeats the purpose. You know, it's just... Yeah. And it just <sighs> never felt like he was with a sentient creature, you know, when he oh, was no. interacting with either Pinocchio or the cat or anything it all looked it looked like in his performance felt phony it felt fake it felt false i mean i can't think of a worse tom hanks performance it i i I didn't think he was terrible i certainly was distracted by his accent because i don't know what that was but (laughs) i i did i didn't think he was awful um because tom hanks is a wonderful actor and and i love him so much but maybe I, I I don't know like how many films I mean, this he did is, where he had to act against nothing. Like, but think this about is it. The this man is who an, convinced me he had a relationship with a volleyball, and I, I didn't believe. 
I was just about to say that. That's a perfect example. Yes, yes, he has so much chemistry with Wilson, and and he doesn't have. And and where well, well, I was thinking, did he did he do any movies where he had to act against nothing? Like I, I'm sure he did a, a, occasionally, but not quite sure. Maybe he's just not that good at it. And also when mm-hmm. the when Pinocchio is still a puppet and he's not alive. Is he also animated there when like Tom Hanks is puppeteering him because something looked off about it? Mm-hmm. I think they well, didn't I mean, even he, have a real you, stand-in. You'd think because he does have green screen experience as far as Polar Express, so you think that he would be a good candidate for something like this. Uh, and maybe it was just a hopeless enterprise. There there's you know nobody that could have made this work. Uh but yeah, I was surprised that he wasn't better at the uh uh at the uh live action work yeah, maybe you just you know he he um he knew you know this is kind of like i'm doing this as a favor for my buddy and yeah. uh it's it's you I know so. it's, it's certainly no it, it's certainly not like the, the greatest performance but the fact that it's tom hanks helps and mm-hmm. up until the point where he starts singing briefly, I should say, but still, <laughs> they haven't learned anything from Power Express because as great a, of an actor as T- Tom Hanks is, he can't sing and he doesn't have to, you know, he, yeah. no, you don't have to si- be able to sing in order to be a great actor, but then just don't do it. <laughs> in the original, it's Jiminy who sings, not Geppetto. I mean, Jiminy and this sings too, briefly. Um, I, have, I have to say, the, just the, saying, there's the, no reason for Geppetto to sing. No, but uh, it, it just <laughs> it comes across as like a screw oh, you from the film. I hated Jiminy in this so oh, much. Oh, I, I despise The voice actually so. isn't that bad. The voice is pretty close to the Cliff Edwards voice, but I hated the design. I hated how they used him. He's not like a, a conscience. He's not. Well, we'll talk more about how they mess up all the morals of the movie, but um, <laughs> but it was terrible. It's when when I watched this, I didn't look anything up, but I immediately was thinking, who is the voice of Jiminy? I want to find him and punch him in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> and when I and when I read in the credits that it was Joseph Gordon Levitt, I couldn't believe it. Like to yeah. be fair, he is unrecognizable. Uh, but first yeah. of all, why hire him then? And right. second, second, he's bloody obnoxious in this. Yeah. And not like a not a conscience. So I mean, I guess we should just dive into that because they completely mess up any kind of moral teaching. And I should have known this because Disney has been uh, such a moral relativist uh, in the last twenty years. Uh, almost every single movie that they uh, that they have produced has been uh, has been uh, tonally bland. Uh, they are so afraid to say oh. what is right and what is wrong. Walking on uh, and eggshells. And that's the thing about the original is they were, it's extremely, the whole point of the movie is to teach kids what is right and what is wrong. And the problem is, is that uh, as a, as a, uh, they don't want to be anybody's moral teacher. Maybe they shouldn't be, uh, but then you shouldn't make this movie uh, if, if, the, if you're not interested in that. I mean, they they just, Every villain has to have a tragic backstory. Every will be a surprise. Uh, Every uh, hero has to be kind of this mixed, conflicted, whatever character. And sometimes that works. I think it works with Elsa. I think it works with some of the other characters. But, but, uh, but 
it doesn't work in this story. In this, the whole point of Pinocchio is to teach kids what is right and what is wrong. And well, especially yeah. in the, we'll talk about Pleasure Island, but also with <laughs> the whole point of the whole scene where his nose grows is that kids are supposed to learn you shouldn't lie. But no, they don't do that. They have him use his long nose to get the keys from Stromboli so that he can free himself from the uh, from the cage. And so it actually becomes a good thing that you should lie. <laughs> what? Yeah, you should you should you should lie when it uh, when it helps you. Um, yes. I mean, what a colossal failure. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, like, like some some things, like when they are maybe dated in a way, how um, material gets certain morals across or something. Yeah, just don't do it. Like you wouldn't see like a film version of Strovelpeter or something like that nowadays, mm -hmm. because you know those are um, very uh, purposefully uh, creepy, over the top tales. Uh, you know, t to teach naughty kids a lesson, but. You know, so some 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 things just kind of like age poorly, but you can see it in a certain context, and you're like, okay, fine. But when you are doing a new movie and you are trying to update something or tell something better, and then you mess it up in this way, yeah, I haven't really think thought about the, the nose thing, but yeah, you're absolutely well, right about that. They decide to give a backstory of why he didn't uh, stay at school, um, and it's because evidently everybody is super mean to him at school, and they kick him out. And we like, don't even I see didn't that. Really need that backstory about school. There's this um, um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas version of Pinocchio. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's directed by Steve Barron. Pretty sure. I haven't seen uh, that. the guy who did the first Ninja Turtles movie, and um, uh, that one has a, a scene in school where his nose grows for the first time, and that you know, it and it has some some slapstick with a teacher, but but you know, it has some of the morals in there, and it sticks, and it gives him a good reason to leave the school and all of that. And here we don't even see anything that happens. They could have expanded mm -hmm. on that, but instead he, he goes to the school, and then the teacher kicks him out, like, and oh, no, I, I, I judged the children, uh, real children, into school, uh, and uh, you belong to a puppet, Joe. And I'm I'm sorry, I'm doing this accent but that's what he's <laughs> that's what he's doing in the movie <laughs> i'm yeah. just trying to give yeah, you the so proper sorry. experience dear people out like, there okay you don't want to say that line is bad but you're fine saying that school is evidently bad like what <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah i mean like like uh, whenever they, they could expand on it in a interesting way they just don't do mm -hmm. it and so we also have this introductory scene with all the clocks with Disney Easter eggs in the clocks. And, you know, I was thinking about it because we have seen this in a number of recent Disney films, like uh, say in uh, Zootopia, there's all the, uh, um, there's the little wink and, you know, when, when the, when the um, uh, sheriff says, uh, let it go, you know, and then the oh, guy's trying to sell all the, CDs. Yeah, but with the movies, with the bootleg movies. Yeah, but that one was yeah. funny. Like that, that's yeah, actually it was like funny. And it's more of like, even though it's an animal setting, it's more of like a contemporary setting. You know, yes. like so it feels. It's not trying to be classic. It's not trying to be. I don't know. Just a, There's just something. It's just I was, a quick I was joke. To think, why did it not bother me when you have those kind of wink, wink kind of things in uh, recent? Yeah. you know, some of the recent films uh but it bothered me in this i, I know why it, because 
because here it's it's just there to to be a very in your face reference. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know this movie wasn't theatrical, but like if if this was in the cinema, it would have been like three D Dumbo coming at your face and all of that. And in yeah. um in in Zootopia, they actually you know they do like funny puns with it and like visual gags with it. And it's also very brief. Very, very yeah. quick, and then it's gone. And it's just mm-hmm. one joke out of many jokes in that great movie. But here it, it it's 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 really just I don't know, could you call it like brand wanking? Yeah, because it yeah, it's not even funny, it's just sort of there. Yes. So it's 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 gross. It oh yeah, absolutely. Gross. It's so gross. Like I I think <laughs> I even missed the second time they do it. Um, because I don't know, maybe I was just uh, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, but it's it, and even like they and most of that stuff they show is stuff they also have remade and but but the very last mm-hmm. one they show is Snow White, which is one in the making currently. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I mean that was it. D twenty three, you have Rachel Zegler saying about how they're not going to be telling a love story and that they're going to be, you know, again, we get this language of modernizing, updating. Uh, and I'm just, it's just frustrating. You know, it's like, why can't you just, why can't you just sell your own unique movie? Why do you have to put down the old movie in order to puff up your new movie? And she probably didn't mean it that way, but I'm so tired of that with these movies. Uh, with these remakes but speaking of absolutely terrible uh modern language we have pinocchio meeting honest john and gideon who i guess they were one of the better creature designs but they still looked terrible and especially in that garish lighting and what on earth were they thinking with that chris pine joke i i just my mouth was agape i just couldn't believe what i was hearing i just I felt like in my review, people were going to not believe me. They were going to think I was making that up. <laughs> yeah, but it's that one, like, oh, because he's made out of pine wood. And then he like, Chris Pine. And oh, the funny wow. thing is, uh, I, like, I'm not sure if that is funny or desperate. I'm, I'm still kind of on the uh, on the edge. But here, here's a fun fact. Um, in, in the German dub, um, the German word for pine is Kiefer. Guess which actor's name they used in the dub? Oh, they so they used um like what like Kiefer Sutherland? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so so it's, okay, that's kind of... oh, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like okay, they worked with it. That's fine. I I Ugh. have to admit, I kind of enjoyed Keegan Michael Key. It's honest, John. Like he he does a solid job voice wise. And it's, not his um, fault. it's just the the influencer joke was. T- terrible and oh, then sure. the chris pine joke was terrible i i just couldn't believe what i was hearing oh yeah i mean yeah yeah the material is terrible but but he gets <laughs> into it he gets into it and um he yeah. um you know he has a very recognizable voice so even if i didn't know beforehand that he voiced the character i would have recognized it immediately yeah but, and i really like the fact that they kept the line and actor's life is gay because it is <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, right. like now nowadays you would think like because you know gay has many meanings, but nowadays right. especially has the one meaning, and Disney's still tap dancing around that. But uh, I, I'm glad that they kept that line, especially because because yeah, an actor's life is gay, especially when you work mm-hmm. within the theater scene of London. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> true. I, I can see that. So, what did you think of the addition of Sophia the sequel? 
uh, I uh, I hated it. <laughs> it's it was a, like like first time like like that voice like I don't blame the, the voice actress like, but it's it's like that seemed so out of place, and it really doesn't have any use for anything. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of like why like like why yeah oh yeah let's, let's because you know let's do like uh, flying 3D stuff but this movie wasn't even theatrical so uh, yeah I agree uh, it's wasting then, time yeah and so, yeah somehow this movie managed to be like twenty minutes longer than the original just <laughs> like to, to be fair it also has longer credits but but we we completely if, if you want to go like chronologically you, we pretty much completely skipped over the blue fairy um oh yeah okay so uh yeah so she comes uh they uh i thought i thought if i guess if i was reaching for something to praise i i liked her as the blue fairy i just i don't understand why they didn't have her come for uh, for to help him out of the cage, and you know later on in the that's, movie, that's the thing. That that's the thing that really baffles me. If mm -hmm. you actually hire uh, Cynthia Erivo, um, Oscar-nominated actress, yeah, yeah, who is such a great actress and singer. Like like I loved her in uh, Bad Times of the Air Royale, for example. Mm -hmm. But she's such a great actress and singer. Why not expand her role? Instead, she only has one scene. What a freaking waste! Yeah. Yeah, and, and I she agree. also doesn't sing nearly enough. Like, like she, she, she's she sings Just a little bit song. of a song in her scene, and then she sings over the credits, but also only for a bit. It's why, why even like, is that just easier than just taking a bunch of money and setting it on fire? Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense. And I also thought that Alan Silvestri's score was super clunky in the movie. <laughs> it, it felt like he had just came over from scoring the uh the like a Captain America movie or the yes. Avengers and you're like what is going on? Yeah score? like in, in the in the first half it's kind of like uh, obnoxiously Mickey Mousey and then in the second half he just goes full on Avengers Endgame yeah at certain yeah. points where he basically you know it, the movie basically turns Pinocchio into a superhero but we will we will talk about that later. Uh, but yeah it's it's very like like Silvestri autopilot and I love him usually but this one it's it's like yeah, you know the bad. score in, in context I guess you know it's it's fine it's 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 nicely done but it, it really wasn't anything special mm -hmm. so Pinocchio meets this pup uh, this puppet Sabina and the weird part I thought about this is that is that Sabina is not a sentient creature like pinocchio is right yeah. um and so he she has a puppeteer named fabiana and you're just thinking what is fabiana doing why is she invested in pinocchio's story and why is she doing this you know it's like weird to have this i don't know why they didn't just make in this in the world of this story why they didn't just make her also a blue fairy transformation puppet if this is this is one of those instances where the remakes try to add more logic and realism to something that's already magical. Mm -hmm. So so it's kind of like why even bother? Like I I did like um, uh, Kian uh, Lamaya uh, as Fabiana. Like it's it's a fine performance. Mm -hmm. It's a nice addition, I guess. And it's not her fault, but her British accent really sticks out. Um, 
Well, I just didn't understand why she would be doing this. You know, she's Um, standing there uh, operating the puppet, but she has no relationship to Pinocchio. Why would she be, be creating this whole, you know, sort of character? And, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was, was weird. It's it's clunky in a way. Like she has a, um, she kind of has like a broken leg. Like it's not literally broken, but something is wrong with her leg. And so, mm-hmm. so she's kind of handicapped in a way. And maybe that's supposed to be like kind of like the connection where I would also like to flee, but I physically kind of can't. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have a connection with this um, scenery, with the puppet theater and all of that. And now I have this this, this puppet who I can uh, talk to now, I guess, who's in a, a similar situation like me. But also when they do the show, there are at least like two other people who are also puppeteering and we never see their faces. We only see like briefly their bodies um, over the stage. And I'm kind of like, who are these people? Why don't we see them ever again? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in, in, in the original, they just kind of move on from Stromboli pretty quick. But... Uh, but at least, I don't know, you did feel it was kind of that part of the story was, you know, he'd learned his lesson about lying and that, you know, that fame isn't, uh, valuable. Um, and, uh, and so I don't know, I, I just, I feel like it was better, much better than in here. Yeah. You definitely felt like what, what, what was the point of this introducing this whole new character, uh and except for maybe to add a new song yeah yeah exactly it's it's so weird mm-hmm. it's also oh i will always yeah, dance is the new song sp- speaking of a new songs uh they seriously rhymed pinocchio with holy smokio i have no words yeah for real oh my gosh uh- <laughs> it's it's so, it's horrid it's so bad and i mean <laughs> I understand that they want to be morally ambivalent. I get that Disney, but again, how can you have moral ambivalency about lying is bad? You know, I mean, lying is 99.9% of the time. Lying is bad. That's a good message to teach kids. Don't lie. Be honest. And, and then, then like we've talked about, ironically, they ended up saying the opposite message where literally lying helps him. Just yeah. escape. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Really? And also, um, I, 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 we need to um, roll back a little bit because I have to say, if I got a dollar every time one of these remakes involved a scene where they focused on a pile of animal droppings, I would have two dollars, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. 
with this and the Lion King. Like when Pinocchio kneels down and smells a pile of horse poop. I, I wanted Matthew Buck, aka Film Brain, to appear on my screen shouting symbolism. <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was just I don't know. It was just bad. Why? But Why let's talk in the movie? <laughs> I have no idea. Did they think that was funny or clever I, or something? I think I, I, I think it might have been a a, a com like kind of like a nod and a comment by Robert Zemeckis. Who knows? <sighs> this is because sucks. It's, it's nothing else but symbolism, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Pleasure Island. So oh, in wait, the original, it's, no, it's a little bit. Um, oh yeah, right. It, it, it uh-huh. it's, that's the next thing after he gets yeah. freed after and, the lie. Uh, he, he does a little bit more yeah gets freed by lying and um, yeah before like and no blue fairy and you think <laughs> especially if you were going to go to the if you were going to have a, a diverse blue fairy uh, you that Disney would want to use that as much as possible as kind of a look at we have this incredible singer incredible person but we're yeah. also look how diverse casting is you think they would want to use her as much as possible not cut out scenes exactly like, like i said they they really underuse her like why, yeah. why even bother yeah. hiring this this uh, wonderful talent and um uh, and it right and uh, like yeah the pleasure island stuff uh, and they skip a little bit where pinocchio doesn't even fully get home just somebody basically grabs him with a net and flunks him on the wagon so it's not Mm -hmm. even and i i'm sure you want to talk about this it's not even like like his own decision to initially go onto that wagon he's just forced to do it so we take away the the entire time he's at pleasure island he does not participate in any of the because in the original he's he literally gets all Uh, green you know from smoking and drinking and and playing pool and stuff like that he's not doing any of that here and he's they specifically go to great effort to say that oh we're drinking all this root beer (laughs) it's like why like i mean let's be honest nothing that's happening at pleasure island in this movie is different than any disney park Yeah, not really. Like basically, just, like, when it's playing and having fun and, and going on rides and and eating lots of candy and and soda pop, and like, there's, I'm thinking turning into donkeys for this is pretty harsh. P- Pleasure Island is basically Tim Burton land in this. Yeah, <laughs> where, it's, where it's like there was some imagery, but kind of reminded me of Dumbo also at certain points. Where it, which, yeah. which was also like a weird movie where they commented on the whole. Um, big corporation yeah. buys this little thing and it's evil even though we are doing that weird we talked yeah. about that in another podcast but there's one thing I enjoy about this um, because it's funny how in the original there are only boys going to Pleasure Island but here it's also girls this movie is mm-hmm. quite progressive it's saying hey girls can be little shits too I think that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it is it's all inclusive, uh, even though they're not doing anything particularly bad. They're just kind of playing <laughs> and eating yeah, sweets. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the whole thing. They, they do all the stuff they do in the um, original, except for drinking alcohol and smoking, because, oh, we have to be, you know, PC or whatever. Yeah, it's, like it's... nothing that they do is particularly naughty. It's just 
kids play. I mean, the, the, fireworks, I the fireworks stuff is pretty dangerous. I guess, I guess, I guess that's fair. Like, but One kid gets set on fire and has to jump into the river. I yeah. was frankly surprised that they didn't just cut this whole part out. I, I was, because I'm just thinking, how the heck do you make kids turn into donkeys in live action? And they were not successful. I was correct in that. I mean, it oh, yeah. looked horrible in terms of in terms of uh, uh topping Netflix. the original oh my gosh it looks like, like, awful because i mean like you can't top the creepy turning into a donkey yeah. sequence on the original you can't and but they don't even seem to try right but it's just although, i i like the a... detail go yeah. ahead sorry. <laughs> but i like the detail of yeah. pinocchio's donkey ears and tail also being made out of wood i thought it was kind of you know, kind of an interesting uh-huh. idea. Um, and also, I have to talk about um, the, um, the the kid. The did you have you seen Near Dark from the eighties, the Catherine Bigelow vampire movie? Uh-uh. Uh The kid who plays Lampwick in this, um, Lewin Lloyd, he looks exactly like the kid vampire in that movie, Homer, played by Joshua John Miller. <laughs> I was watch. I was I was watching when I was like freaking identical kid. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like holy smokes. <laughs> uh-huh. That's like if, interesting. If they, if they wanted to remake Near Dark, cast that kid. <laughs> yeah, because I think in um well, not only is the original is Lampwick absolutely terrifying his transformation, but also the whole scene with I think it's Alex is the kid's name who still can talk, and then there's uh there's the whole group of them that aren't fully transformed that the coachman uh, pushes over uh, to one side. Um, it's absolutely terrifying. I want to go back to my mom. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's a really interesting thing about that movie where it's kind of like you know it, it ends well for Pinocchio, but it's like those kids, you know, they're, they're still donkeys. They're still going to the salt mines that guy yeah. is never captured or anything. So yeah, it's it's basically and it, it's really kind of surprising that in a remake like this they don't add something because they add uh, something about like oh Stromboli went to prison even yeah. though he is he isn't nearly as horrifying in this uh, as he is in the remake yeah. you know? uh, and that's Luring why you need on. them to be doing like really naughty stuff like for I mean not that you excuse the coachman by any means in the original but you that you need the actions of the kids to be like really bad like kids just don't like smoke and drink and you know like uh that that uh and the it's just so for them to even lower the stakes even more makes it even more like bizarre I mean, <laughs> than in the they, original they, which it already was kind of bizarre they're trying to update it in a certain way with that like a contempt corner uh, where you basically have like a bunch of kids like picking up signs where it's kind of like I hate you or you suck or whatever and then screaming oh, yeah, into like um into kind of like um kind of cameras Bling. which which would project the imagery big and that's like okay that's that looks to me like that's kind of like a commentary of um uh, of today's times in a way and I was like oh so this is where not Roddick and his group of grifters hang out all the time um probably were also conceived there <laughs> but mm-hmm. the yeah what corner. Did you, 
Yeah. What did you think of the shadow creatures? I don't know what they're called, but they, that was kind of what they decided for this was to have these kind of creatures that, that then they're the ones that turn the kids into the donkeys. This, uh, and yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. This, this is some, thank you for asking that because in the original, we see those weird shadowy figures collecting the donkeys and, I interpreted those as being basically a stylized depictions of faceless bad people. Mm-hmm. But these filmmakers completely misunderstood that apparently and made them evil demonic smoke monsters. It's like they, yeah. they are dumbing everything down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's no reason. Like, really. Yeah. Well, and it, I feel like it's even scarier for it to be this thing that that isn't even like present to that's making them change that like that's even scarier than like another creature making them change yeah 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 because i think in the originals kind of implied that uh the the, the beer um is turning them yeah and also that's, it, that's very nice symbolism in a way let's kind of oh yeah. yeah when you drink too much alcohol you're you know you're not quite yourself anymore yeah. and uh, you can turn into something uh, much, much worse. So that's really nice. And uh, as, as far as like the pleasure Island sequence itself, it's not that bad. It, it, I think it's like the only scene with any kind of energy and creativity, mm-hmm. like them sliding down that mountain of candy. It's like oh, good stuff. You know, it, it, it doesn't yeah, look I mean, very there's, nice. There's some visuals, there's some ideas, but I just feel like they completely missed the whole point of the original film. Uh, and yeah. like I said, the root beer was just stupid. That's just asinine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dumped down and kiddified again with them yeah. drinking root beer. Like, come on, it's this Pleasure Island or Kid Nation. Yeah, <laughs> it's so bizarre to me that, like, any human being could watch the original Pleasure Island sequence and be like, ooh, that, the thing that they need to cut out is the is the beer. I and the smoking. <laughs> and the smoking. That, oh, we can leave the child abuse. <laughs> That's yes. fine. Yes, absolutely. And and they're also beating you over the head with everything again to make sure that you really understand how bad this place is. They have to show how kids smash up clocks and Pinocchio saying, oh, my father wouldn't like this. You know, You're right. It's yeah, it's, it's well, really like it's, Geppetto uh, sells all of his clocks to go to go find Pinocchio. And so let's talk about Monstro. Uh, uh, this is uh, much. um it was just i couldn't believe it i mean it was again one of it's one of the most tremendous displays of animation in the history of movies uh this or the original monster sequence and first of all they decide to make him a creature a monster and not a whale which i don't understand yeah kaiju i don't understand what that adds because he was terrifying as a a whale we it was almost it was just like distracting to have all these tentacles and things like tentacles. that tentacles he has like kind of like it looks like he has wings at one point mm-hmm. um like um, and, okay i think i think i figured out the point of it because nowadays everybody's very pc about whaling and all of it and maybe they didn't want to demon demonize a whale an irregular whale so they said hey, let's make it a, a, a monster so whales won't be offended when they go to see this movie on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Well, in the original, so Geppetto is 
devastated. He is so sad in the whale and in Monstro. And he thinks he's never going to see Pinocchio again. He's devastated. In this, you've got like Pinocchio water skiing uh, and (laughs) Geppetto like, how? Do you have a great day? You know, like, I was just dumbfounded. Dumbfounded. also missing the emotional point and also yeah and also like you did all of this in one day i think that was like one of the last trailers they did yeah and painful kind of like because yeah yeah the point is that he he goes on on the search and then he ends up in the valley of a whale and then he has to live there for a little while which is also like kind of like this intriguing concept there's even a really cool book like like a german pirate trilogy where there's a monk living inside of a whale and like this magic room and mm-hmm. um, tries yeah, to it open. Yeah, it almost feels. Sorry, it almost feels biblical at times. You know, because of course oh, sure. Jonah and the whale. That's yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, that's absolutely the, uh, the the symbolism of a book. I think, and but it's yeah, it, it's again um, dumbing everything down and making everything more cartoony as well. Ironically, more cartoony than the actual cartoon this is based on, which mm-hmm. I really don't understand. Well, and who looks at that whole sequence in the original where Pinocchio is walking on the bottom of the ocean? That's an incredible sequence and says, no, we don't want to do that. We want to have him water skiing. Um, a, a very disillusioned director <laughs> named Robert Zemeckis. Uh, Clearly. Yeah, because <laughs> we, have to, we, we, we can't have like this atmospheric scene where it's kind of like quiet and mysterious and also very beautiful. Now we have mm-hmm. to be loud and fast paced and obnoxious and also try to appeal to the cool kids who I guess like water skiing nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so then in the original, we have Pinocchio face down in the water, like dying dead. That's horrible and upsetting. Um, And here they decide to do the, uh, the to have Geppetto be the one, which I don't know why they made that decision. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know why either. Like that bothered me so much. Like why? Why does he have to bring him back with a magic tear or something? It's like yeah. it's, it's again make making everything dumber and it kind of like weirdly like oh we want to be more realistic in some places, but then we will add this stupid thing where, where yeah, it's and like it's another place where you could have used the blue fairy and Cynthia Revo. They must have only had her for like one day. I don't get it. I really don't get it yeah. at all. That's like, the why, only why thing that makes her? sense. And is they also, were like, we only have her for like two days. And so we're just going to do the opening sequence and we're going to like make it work or not work. Um, the, cause yeah. Why, why does all of a sudden Pinocchio have the power to resurrect I guess that's also because the tear is kind of blue and shiny. So I guess it's her magic in a way. I don't know. Like, like she, yeah. she, I mean, she, she brought him to life. So I guess there's some magic in him. I don't know. And, and, I, and also um, a little bit before that, I, I guess they established Pinocchio to be able to move his feet and legs very fast. And, but, but, but that still doesn't excuse their decision of turning him into a boat motor at the end. <laughs> Like, as, as if he was Obelix from the Asterix comics, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was it was him and then the bird, Sophia, or I think it's yeah, named. Yeah, it's also, like, the, the world's strongest seagull. 
like if yes. I like if if I saw a bird like like dragging something as as big and as as heavy probably as as Pinocchio is by still being like a wooden boy. If I saw like a, a bird of that size picking up a, a a doll or person that size, I would crap my freaking pants. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh my god, they're coming for us. It's yeah. the end times now. <laughs> Cats and dogs are living together. Mass hysteria. That's right. Uh, and so then this ending, we got to talk about the ending. What <laughs> on earth? So uh, that Geppetto tells Pinocchio that despite being a puppet, he has proven himself to be a true boy at heart. Uh, and then they, you see them walking off, but they, he never gets changed into a real boy. Yes. What? It's that doesn't make it, any sense. It it is really shitty that Pinocchio doesn't turn into a real boy, but from what we are getting teased with at the end, where it's kind of like he kind of turns and we see it from behind, it I, I'm actually glad that they don't term him. I, I'm sure he would have looked freaky as uh, hell. Yeah, that's fair. Oh god, they wouldn't even have used a real kid. They would have used uh, some like you're right. Peter Cushing cgi right. monstrosity which which also looks like the cartoon you know ah oh, but yeah. it's like really like that 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 angered me so much that like ending narration where like oh yeah and then like some say he turned into a real boy but who knows if that's even true like oh yeah you're right that is absolutely true that they would have they wouldn't have used a real boy they would have used cgi boy and that would be even more atrocious cgi boy (laughs) Uh. Uh, so yeah i mean i know some people they kind of they don't like it when uh, we as content creators, I guess, go negative, right? Um, <laughs> a lot of people do. I understand that it's hard to make a movie. And I understand that people worked hard. I'm not saying that they didn't. But Disney has incredible power. They are incredibly influential. And, yes. and I think we're not doing them any favors if we treat their products with kid gloves. Um, they occasionally need to be called out and not that anybody really cares about my you know my little podcast whatever but (laughs) i just feel like this movie was gross it was so so badly made in every way uh i again not saying people didn't work hard i'm saying that the finished product looks terrible it uh it it completely ruins the message um it's uh it's terrible to look at um it's just bad in every way that a movie could be bad it's cynical it's cheap and i it i i honestly think it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life i just thought it was absolutely terrible uh so that's i i'm grateful for you for doing this with me but do you have any final thoughts oh sure yeah um i i I completely agree with you most points in terms of you know, all the people who like, you know, the, the the smaller people, you know, who did the animation, who did the hard work, at least everybody's working, everybody's getting paid, but they have to follow what the people in charge are saying. Yeah, and the people absolutely. in charge are to blame. 
They are to blame here. Like Robert Zemeckis either has lost his mind by now, or he is just absolutely he just absolutely doesn't care anymore. He seems to have turned into this work for hire hack who doesn't give a toss about the quality of the stuff he puts out. Like I this wasn't even really a movie. Like I couldn't yeah. for most of the time I couldn't even really see the screen. Instead, I just saw Robert Zemeckis' giant middle finger sticking out. Yeah. The whole time. Because that's what it was. Like, where it's kind of like, it's almost like he knew this was bad. And this was like a hack job. And he doesn't care. And he just does this for money or whatever. And I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. certainly, like, sometimes people need to do stuff for money. Tim Burton has done it, certainly. Other directors mm-hmm. have done it, whatever. But at this point, like, if it, what was like the last good movie he did? I think it was The Walk. That was the last movie yeah. of his I liked. And that one also has problems, so that mostly comes down to mm-hmm. casting. Um yeah. but it's still it's still a you know It's watchable. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a nice movie. It's certainly also in 3D, like and you can tell that he cared there. But here and also like I have to I have to talk about uh, something uh, something else um which concerns this remake and also the other ones. Because this is something this movie does this thing a lot of these Disney remakes do where they needlessly try to over-explain everything for no reason. Like why Pinocchio is named Pinocchio. Right. Like, oh, he's made out of pine wood. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Or how Jiminy Cricket foreshadows the stone being flung up by the wagon wheel twice. Mm -hmm. Like, like what is the point of stuff like this? Jiminy Cricket doesn't even get made uh, conscience. He doesn't even get yeah. his medal. No, he doesn't get his end. medal, but 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 it, it's also kind of like this, kind of like with the symbolic shallow thing at the end for him, where it's like okay, whatever. But 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 also like he he doesn't he he isn't a good conscience in this, so no wonder he doesn't get a medal. That's <laughs> 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 the thing. Yeah, like I'm I'm trying. I'm really not sure if this over Lion King is worse uh, in terms of remake, because yeah, I... my. What would I think be your that opinion? At least the Lion King looked impressive. Mm. Um, it, it had a, like this just looked, especially the end. I mean, the it it looked barely finished. Oh uh, sure. I don't know. It's 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 a battle. They're both terrible, and I hate them. Um, yes. But uh, I I was struggling to find anything nice to say about this movie. But this this at least it like has like some of those like what the heck moments. Yeah, that's fair. You, you, that's you, fair. you could show you could show somebody <laughs> and get a kick out of it for laughing at it. And be, I think my vote for what is worse would go to the Lion King, but it's a close call. They can yeah. equally go to hell in terms of what they represent. <laughs> agreed so uh yes uh well let us know what you think of this pinocchio do you think we're too hard on it did you defend it put in the comments let's hear it uh, <laughs> but if you agree let's hear it too uh and uh if you're listening disney i know you're not but if you are please stop please stop <laughs> please. just stop just stop <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think there was a new wing added to the Zemeckis uh, Zemeckis home for this movie. I just, oh, I'm 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 sure he got like a really nice swimming pool, or yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know, like a new Ferrari or whatever. <laughs> like somebody, like I don't know. 
Like well, probably, I, probably Tom Hanks got a really nice vacation home. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed talking about this with you. So thank you so much. And uh, where can people find you and your content on uh, online? Okay, let me see. Um, you can find yes, me. Plug, plug. Uh, you could mind fee. Uh, you couldn't mind fee. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Lasse Vogt. My regular podcast is called Fans About Films. You can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes, where I talk with fans about films. Ha, huh, go figure. And I also interview composers there. Uh, for example, mm. a few years back, I had the composers of the first season of Netflix's The Witcher as guests and we had a lot of fun talking about stuff there are german episodes and english episodes so there's something for everybody i co-host it's 90s christmas podcast with lyle press we're currently on a break but we will be back soon it's also on itunes and podomatic.com i um have an own show on sideshowsoundtheater.com track swap where i talk with uh, people about film music which is a lot of fun i have a blog called scorgeek.wordpress.com where I write about film music in German. I have a YouTube channel called The Deppert and I think that's, oh yeah, I think that's it actually. I do a lot of stuff online as you can see. Also I have a lot of guest spots and if you speak German by any chance, I am on the podcast network Telestammtisch where we talk about new releases. Currently we are doing um, Rings of Power recaps every week when we watch the new episode mm. so if you speak german by any chance uh check that one out we have a lot of opinions and most of them are quite positive which ah, is very my, refreshing yeah my dad <laughs> speaks german so i'll have to tell uh oh tell nice him. yeah yeah sure, sure. Mm-hmm. go ahead you, and tell him i hope he finds something some yeah. enjoyment <laughs> he loves the um the lord of the rings and he got the uh he he'll watch them with the german dub oh nice and, uh, yeah, and he also the um, I got him a um, Robin Hood that has a German dub uh, DVD <laughs> a while back, and it actually has Peter Ustinov doing the German. Yes, which is kind of fun. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. In the, in the dub. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, I think that's all cool. my stuff. Um, I, I have to plug. And let me tell you, thank you so much for having me uh, on your show. I, I I do love it very much, and I had a blast. Uh, hating on this movie <laughs> thank you yes it was very therapeutic for me <laughs> so oh, thank you i'm very very uh, glad i could help you yeah and i do also i love talking to composers i've been able to do a lot uh, i just recently had one um, michael yazerski uh who uh, has done a lot of more tv work but i recently interviewed him uh for rotoscopers uh and then also on my channel you can find the interview um it's fun to talk to composers and, and yeah it's their really process. Awesome. It's really yeah. fun. So I'm with you there. Uh, well, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also check out the Hallmarkies podcast. Lots of fun stuff going on over there. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. And check out the Patreon and the merch store. We have hashtag Animation Junkie uh, shirts over there at the merch store. So thanks again very much. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>